Would you go with me to John 15, John's Gospel in chapter 15? After a few weeks away from John's Gospel, I was beginning to miss it. I hope you were too. It's been a good study that's been a very uh, a big encouragement to my life, and I hope that uh, the, our studies in John's Gospel have encouraged you over chapter by chapter, and as we enter chapter 15, I again, my prayer is that God will change our hearts with the power of His Word, that we might become more and more like His Son every day as we take faithful steps of obedience. I want you to go there with me. We begin in uh, return to John's Gospel in chapter 15 this morning. Have you ever seen, have you ever seen a, a branch or a leaf that can survive without the without the stalk, without the stem of the plant? Have you ever seen anything like that? I I don't think I have. I don't think that's the way things work. <laughs> Is it? Uh, I know that you can kind of transplant and graft things in, but. Take something away from the stem. Take something away from the stock. Will it survive? I don't think it will. I, I don't think that's the way things work. Have you ever seen a child uh, soon after birth taken from its mother and left to fend for itself, to feed itself, to care for itself, to clothe itself? Never, right? That's not the way things work. Have you ever seen a Christian that's healthy and vibrant and growing in the faith and producing fruit that's completely self-sustaining. I don't think I've ever seen a Christian like that. I don't think that's the way things work. (laughs) I want to see how things work. And so we go to John 15 this morning because we find here how things work for the believer in Christ, how we are healthy and vibrant and growing and, and sustained. It's not independent. We don't do it in and of ourselves. Let's look with me at John 15. Look at the first six verses. Let's see how this works. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. This is Jesus speaking. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. Now you may be very familiar with this passage. Many of you may have heard many messages preached on this passage. And the first question that comes to my mind when I come to this very familiar passage, because I've heard lots of sermons on this passage myself, who does this passage apply to? Who is this for? Who's it for? Is it, is it for the believer? Is it for the unbeliever? Or is it for both? I'll tell you what I think, and, and I, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to tell you what I think. You can disagree with me if you'd like. That's all right. But I think this passage is, a, is all about believers. 
I don't think this is about unbelievers. I think this is all about believers. Some, when they get to verse 6, will will struggle with that because of what it says there. Some will get to verse 6 and say that's about unbelievers, but I don't think the context points to that. I don't think the context here supports that idea. So I think this is all about believers. Jesus is, first of all, Jesus is speaking to his disciples, okay? He's speaking to the 11 disciples. Remember, Judas is gone. He's He's about his work of betrayal. So he's speaking to his 11 disciples. And the context of the passage centers around the abiding of believers in Christ as they live here on earth. So Jesus is is speaking to those who are, and he says it right here in the text, he's speaking to those who are in Christ. Now every time you see a person who is in Christ, that's talking about a believer, a follower of Christ, a true believer in Jesus Christ, those who are true followers of Christ. So as we think about and apply the teaching of Christ here, I think it's important to understand that this is not about how you become a Christian. It's about how you live as a Christian. This is how we survive as Christians. This is how we're supposed to live. It's about your life lived as a believer in and follower of Jesus Christ. Now, Jesus uses in this passage some imagery, and you saw it very clearly, of the branches of a vineyard being maintained by the vine dresser. Now, to those in Jesus' day, that was a very familiar thing. They were very familiar with those kinds of things. That kind of thing was very common and well-known. And so that was vivid imagery for those who were hearing Jesus talk about this. Now, to those in Jesus' day, that was common, not a... Not an uncommon sight to see the vineyard, to understand how the vineyard is cared for by the vine dresser. But it's an image that's not so familiar to us unless, unless you've worked in a vineyard before, which I'm guessing most of us probably haven't, right? Anybody work in a vineyard ever? All right, so I'm right. None of us know what vine dressing is, right? I mean, we kind of get the idea, we understand a little bit, but this is not a really vivid picture to us. Where we get in trouble is when we try to take every detail of, of this, of this story of Jesus, this is kind of a parable, not a parable in a truest sense, but it's like that, and, and try to take something from every detail and make every detail of this story hold really specific and doctrinal meaning for us. Uh, so, when we think about the vine dresser and the and those vines and the vineyard and the and the vine and the vineyard, we need to be careful that we don't attach too much meaning, more meaning than than Jesus Himself intended for His disciples to get from this. If we do, I think we may get confused about the purpose of the passage. Here's the purpose. Here's what I believe is the purpose of the passage. I think it's to show us how dependent we are on the vine. How how dependent we are on Jesus Christ as followers of Christ. I think that's the the big idea. I think that was Jesus' point in these six verses. And I think that we can hear it. I think we can see it as we read the passage. The branches, that is believers, are completely dependent upon the vine, which is Christ, right? Now, there are two keys, I think, to that, to that dependence. And I want you to see this morning these two keys, because I think these two keys are, are vital to our truly living and truly surviving as followers of Christ, our 
I mean, and I mean living in the fullest of senses, the true joy, true contentment in Christ. I think these two keys are vital to finding that as followers of Christ. Here's the first key to the believer's dependence upon Christ. It's this. The vine and branches have a life-giving and life-receiving connection. The vine and the branches have a life-giving and a life-receiving connection. Now, what we're seeing here is the relationship that's true of believers in and followers of Christ. It's the relationship that believers are to have with Christ as they walk with Christ, as they, in the text, talks about abiding in Christ. He gives life and believers grow. Okay, and that's an important, that's an important distinction because the order is important. He gives life and believers grow. Because the vine and the branches have a life giving, the vine gives life, and a life receiving, the branches receive life. He gives life, Jesus Christ gives life to his followers, and believers, his followers, grow. Now, something else is also clear. Believers have absolutely no power in and of themselves to do what's required of them by God. Now, that's a kind of a bold statement, and you might disagree with me. You might say, well, I have all kinds of power in and of myself to be obedient to God. But I take my belief from verse 5 where, where Jesus says, it makes very clear when Jesus says, for apart from me, you can do nothing. For apart from me... You can do nothing. And, and the idea here, here is that it's, uh, separated from Jesus Christ, we can do nothing that's Christ-honoring, nothing that's God-glorifying, nothing that's, that's true obedience that brings God glory and, and is for our good. I want you to just think of it with me. Uh, what's a branch without a vine? What's a branch without a vine? Four letters. D-E-A-D. Right? A branch without a vine is dead. You can take the branch and you could lop it off, drop it on the ground, and come back in a day or less, and it will be wilted, right? And it will be dead. There's a key word in our passage that helps us see this life-giving connection between vine and branches. And I want you to see that. It's pretty easy to see, I think, because if you read these verses, you hear it again and again. Uh, note the word abide. The word abide. Jesus says in verse 4, Abide in me, and I in you. And we see that word abide five times in these six verses, and six more times through verse 16. If we were to keep reading, you'd hear this, abide or abiding again and again. Abiding, think about this, abiding is all about the believer in Christ. This is not about an unbeliever who's trying to be a believer. This is not about an unbeliever who's trying to believe. This is about a believer. This is about one who has the new nature. This is about the follower of Christ, the true believer, that is abiding or, or fellowshipping with Christ. This is all about the believer in Christ. It's about something only believers have with Christ. So when you hear abide in these verses, it's most helpful, I think, to think fellowship. When you hear abide and you think about abiding and what it means, think fellowship. The true believer abides in Christ 
or has fellowship with Christ in the truest sense, and we're talking about spiritual fellowship where, where Christ works in us and grows us and matures us, and we must abide with Christ and in Christ because we are completely dependent upon the vine, right? Because a branch without the vine is dead. You see, we need Jesus Christ. And we must abide with Christ because we are, I mean, it's the purpose for which God keeps us here on earth. We are to be productive. We are to be fruit-bearing branches attached to the vine, Jesus Christ, while we're living here on earth. As long as God keeps us here and you have breath to take, God's purpose for you is to bring Him glory by producing fruit. Now, I want you to note that what Jesus is not talking about here. He's not talking about, and we need to clarify this, I think, because it was something the disciples were struggling with. It's, we're not talking about a physical connection with Christ. It can't mean that because Jesus Christ has been talking to his disciples about the fact that he's going to be leaving them soon and not to lose heart, right? And be, be thankful and grateful and, and trust in me because I'm going to give you another helper, right? And we know that's the Holy Spirit. He'd not much earlier, back in chapter 14, told them that he would not be with them much longer. And he knows their hearts. He knows they're troubled. And they're thinking, he's been with us all this time, and now he's going to leave us, and now what are we going to do? We're going to be lost and without hope, and, and we're going to be in trouble. But he's not pointing to something that depends on his physical presence. He knows they're afraid of losing his physical presence, but he's trying to tell them, look, you're, you're going to have help in this. I'm leaving, but I'm not leaving. That sounds confusing, but that's exactly what's going on. I'm leaving you, but I'm sending a helper who will be here to help you. Now, this abiding is a spiritual connection, and that's where there's hope for us. He wasn't only talking to his disciples that day. God saw fit to put this in his word for us today. So this is for us also. And when we hear about this in God's word and we realize that God was graciously working through Jesus Christ to explain to his disciples that they would not be alone, he's also delivering a message to all of his saints uh, until the end of the age that I will be with you. Now this is this abiding is a spiritual connection. The disciples would see Jesus one day, not too far in a distant future. In their distant future, they would see Jesus ascend bodily into heaven and he would depart from them and they would they would lose the physical connection he would not be there with them physically but they would still have a connection they they would still be in Christ his his absence would not mean that they were no longer in Christ they were still his he was keeping them and just as all believers are in Christ and are kept in Christ now, we've noted it before when we saw it in chapter 14 that all true believers in Jesus Christ have the helper of the Holy Spirit. But I want you to note that Jesus is also telling the disciples that they are also to stay connected to Christ. Stay connected to the vine. And that's the fellowship that we're to seek in Christ. And that abiding with Christ is one, I think in one word, is is this word, and you're very familiar with it because you hear me talking about it all the time. That abiding with Christ is could be summed up in this one word, obedience, right? 
And that's the one word that kind of summarizes all of God's word, obedience. An obedient walk with Christ, which is only empowered by the Holy Spirit. It's only capable in Christ. You see, some somebody, an unbeliever, could take God's word and say, I'm going to obey God's word. Very quickly, they become disobedient if they don't believe in Jesus Christ. Right? They could do all kinds of things that God's word says, but if they don't have faith in Christ, they don't have the Holy Spirit. They don't have the power of God at work in them, helping them obey. And so we have the Holy Spirit. We are empowered by the Holy Spirit. And, and, and there is fruit in the life of believers because there's the Holy Spirit in the life of believers. And when we take obedient steps to honor God, God grows fruit in our lives. But I want you to note there's, there's no fruit without the vine. Okay? We don't produce the fruit. But, the, but by the work of the Spirit, by the work of God's Word in us, as we remain faithful to Christ and abide with Him, God produces the fruit of the Spirit in us if we are His children and we walk in obedience with Christ. Now, I, I noted it earlier, and I said the purpose for which God has us and keeps us here is so that we will be fruitful, that we will be fruit bearers, fruitful believers. But here's an important distinction. This fruit bearing is not up to you to produce. You don't produce your own fruit. And that leads us to a second key part of our complete dependence on Christ. Christ produces fruit in us, but there is something we have to do. Number two, very important, the second key part of our complete dependence on Christ, our abiding in or staying connected to the vine is our primary aim. Our primary aim is not production of fruit, okay? What, what our primary aim is, according to God's word, is staying connected to the source of life. So that's number two. Our abiding in or staying connected to the vine is our primary aim, not producing fruit. Now some of you are going, wait, 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 wait. That's not true. God's word says be obedient, takes, you know, and grow and become Christ-like. But listen to Jesus Christ in our passage, right? Again and again, he says it to his followers, you cannot do anything disconnected from the vine. Again, this is for believers, those who have truly trusted in Christ, placing their faith in him. I say that because in verse 3, Jesus says, already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. He's talking to the believers here. He's talking to the, to the 11 disciples, and he speaks to believers in this passage, in his word. But for those in Christ... The purpose for which God has them here on earth is to be productive, is to bear fruit, yes, but that doesn't happen without staying connected to the vine, Jesus Christ. That's why we see in verse 2 the fruit-bearing branch that God prunes. Why? Why does God prune a fruit-bearing branch? That seems cruel. I mean, come on, it's producing fruit. Well, you know, as well as I do, many of you, you care for plants and things, you know the pruning is actually a good thing. And so, when we look to Jesus Christ, and our hope is in Him, 
And He's working in us by His Word. And we're depending upon the Spirit. And we're walking in obedience. There are times when pruning means pain. And we say, but God, wait, I've been doing all these good things for you. And God says, oh no, no, my strength is made perfect in your weakness. So depend upon me. See, this, this is about dependence upon the vine, dependence upon Jesus Christ. And that doesn't happen without staying connected to the vine, Jesus Christ. That's why when you get saved, when you trust in Jesus Christ, and God saves you from your sins and gives you His Holy Spirit, you are not done with Christ. You just started with Christ. You need to daily depend upon His goodness and grace and mercy and His finished work at Calvary for you, paying the penalty for your sins. See, that's why we see in verse 2 the fruit-bearing branch that God prunes so that it will be even more productive. God has done a work for us in and through Christ, and He continues to work in us and through us as we depend upon Christ. But sometimes He will prune us, and sometimes that pruning is painful. This is not about... Sometimes some folks will look at this passage and think this is about getting saved. This is not about getting saved. This is about the one who's already a new creation in Christ, abiding in Christ. See, fruit in the believer's life is an identifying characteristic of the, of the one who is a follower of Christ. Fruit is how other believers think about it. You look at other believers and how do you know they're, other, other, they're, they're followers of Christ? Fruit is how other believers know when they are seeing a true follower of Christ or not. Now, I understand that some fruit can be faked. You know, we can kind of fake obedience and fake growth in Christ. But I'm telling you what, you get to know God's people and and true follower of Christ will be known by their fruit. Fruit is how also is how the world knows that our faith is real and not just a bunch of talk. And that's really important, that the world see that our faith is real, and they're going to see it by our fruit. So healthy Christians produce healthy fruit, but, but an unhealthy plant means little fruit, right? And a, and a poor quality of fruit, if there are signs of fruit at all. So here's the point of what Jesus is teaching here. Those who abide in Christ, those who seek fellowship with Christ, will bear fruit. We don't produce the fruit. He produces the fruit in us. But there is something we do. And what that fruit looks like will vary and will likely be of many different kinds. But we are to stay connected to the vine. We are to stay connected to the source of life. And He produces fruit in us as we take steps of obedience, walking with, fellowshipping with Christ, abiding with Christ. And I think God's Word makes that clear that in the life of a believer, there ought to be several kinds of fruit, and that fruit will be abundant, but it will only happen if we do our part. God will not grow fruit in us in, in the absence of our obedience. We are to obey. We're to take God's Word seriously. We're to take daily steps of obedience, even if they're little steps. We make progress in Christ. We ought to make progress in Christ. That we ought to be able to look back over the years and say, I'm not where I used to be. 
I'm not the believer I used to be. I'm, I'm more mature now. I'm not, I've not arrived. You know, I'm still growing, but I can tell that I've changed. I've become more and more Christ-like over the years, and I see God working in me. That's to be normal and natural as God produces fruit in us as we obey. And, and again, I think God's Word makes it clear that the life of the believer, in the life of the believer, there ought to be several kinds of fruit. For example, a godly and Christ-like character is fruit. A godly and Christ-like character. Go into the world and live among unbelievers, and you're going to soon find that your godly and Christ-like character is challenged. But that's fruit. If you live with a godly and Christ-like character, that's fruit. Here's another one. Faithful and cheerful serving is a fruit. And I, and I, and I mean faithful and cheerful. <laughs> Because you can faithful, be faithful and not cheerful. And you can be cheerful and not faithful. Oh, I'm so happy to serve once a year, right? Or whatever it is. We could say, I'm so, uh, uh, I'm so glad I can serve every week and do so with a sour look on our faces, right? A sour heart. Faithful and cheerful Christian living and, and serving is fruit. Here's another one. Leading others to Christ. Sharing your testimony with them, pointing them to Christ with the, with the scriptures. You may not, you may not win everyone you speak to about Christ to Christ, but you're, you're planting seed, right? You're tilling the soil, as the God's word talks about. You're, you're having a part in the harvest. Leading others to Christ is fruit. Faithful and cheerful Christian giving is fruit. Faithful and cheerful Christian giving is fruit. Here's another one. Doing your work for God's glory. Doing all of your work for God's glory, even work that's done for for an ungodly employer. All of your work done for God's glory is fruit. And there are likely many others we could go on and on. But in all of that, here's what's fundamental to bearing fruit. In all of that, the, the most fundamental thing is that those who those who wish to bear fruit for God's glory stay connected to the vine. We must stay connected to the vine or we will not grow. We will not flourish as God's children. We will not bear fruit. We will not produce healthy and obvious fruit. We must stay connected to Christ. And that fruit in a believer's life truly points to the health of the relationship with Christ. You want to know how how healthy your relationship with Christ is? Look at the fruit of your life. Does it please God? Is there, is there a growing dependence upon Christ and trust in Christ and the things that you deal with on a daily basis? Are you trying to give God glory with the attitude of your heart? Are you trying, trying to serve Him faithfully with cheerfulness and, and joyfulness? Are you trying to be a cheerful and faithful giver? Are you faithful to encourage other brothers and sisters in Christ? Are you trying to glorify God in your work that you do, even in a secular world every day? Is there fruit? You don't have to have all of those things 100% necessarily, but God is saying to us, are we bearing fruit? By His Word, He instructs us that we need to be, but it's not up to us to produce the fruit. It's not up to us to make, I'm going to push a piece of fruit out over here in my life and I'm going to push another piece of fruit out over here. I'm going to strain and I'm going to work really hard and I'm going to struggle and I'm going to try to pop fruit out all over the place. No, no. Obedience daily, that's cra- that was crazy, wasn't it? Daily faithful obedience. Daily faithful obedience. You're going to get tired of hearing me say obedience, but God's Word says it at every turn. You will not glorify God with your life. You will not produce fruit. If you're not about reading God's Word and saying, that's something I need to obey. I'm going to take steps to start doing that today. 
There are so many areas in our lives that when put on the, under the, the spotlight of God's Word, we'll, we'll see things that don't necessarily honor God and don't necessarily bring Him glory and maybe hindering fruit production in our lives for God's glory that we need to get right with God and humble ourselves before Him and submit to His truth and His mighty hand of provision and His Holy Spirit to help you. In all of this, what's fundamental is those who stay connected to the vine will grow. They will flourish. They will produce healthy, obvious fruit. And that fruit in a believer's life points to the health of the relationship of the believer with Christ. On the other hand, the branch that does not stay connected to the vine, the believer that does not abide in Christ, the one that does not stay in close fellowship with Christ, does not produce good fruit, and withers spiritually. But I want you to note, as we, as we talk about fruit bearing, where Jesus puts the emphasis, and this is so important, and I feel like I need to keep reminding you, because our human nature is, is this, that we think if we just do more, we produce. But Jesus' emphasis is not on bearing fruit. His emphasis for believers is not on bearing fruit. The emphasis is on abiding in Christ. Is the emphasis, do you see it in our passage this morning, is the emphasis on our producing fruit or is the emphasis on our abiding in Christ? It's abiding. It's abiding. It's on abiding. Our our foundational and primary efforts in our life ought to be staying connected to Christ, abiding with Him, having sweet and unbroken fellowship with Christ through the study of the Word, reading of the Word, and prayer, and obedience. And that's what Jesus says in verse 4. Abide in Me. Look at it again. Abide in Me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. And that's a reminder, I think, and a challenge to us that we not confuse our priorities as God's children. Our priority as God's children is not do more, be more. Our priority as God's children is Be a part of Christ. Be a part of His purposes. Make yourself a part of God's Word and make God's Word a part of your thinking and lifestyle. If we are in Christ, we are, we are branches connected to the vine. If you're God's child, you're connected to the vine. If we're in Christ, we're branches connected to that vine, which is Christ, and our priority is not to do more for Christ so that we might earn some reward. We might say, well, if I just do more, God will be happy with me and He'll bless me. That's not the priority. The priority is stay connected to Christ. Do not disconnect yourself and think that you're being obedient. Do not disconnect yourself from God's Word and think that you're going to be productive. Do not stop talking to God in prayer and think that you're going to be producing fruit. Do not disconnect yourself from the life of the body of Christ, the church, and think that you can produce fruit in and of yourselves. It's obvious from the text that when we stay connected to Christ, He does more with us. It's not us doing more with Him, it's Him doing more with us. 
It's not do more for Christ. It's, it's stay connected, and He does more with you. You see, the priority for us is not production. It is, by God's grace, fellowship with Christ. And I'm convinced that a joyful and content believer in Christ will be terribly productive in the good sense of a terrible way. And when we nurture a healthy, abiding with and fellowship with Christ, fruit will be abundant. You won't be able to stop the fruit from growing when you're connected to Christ. We don't make fruit, God does. It's Christ at work in us that produces fruit. That's what we hear in verse 5. Look at verse 5 again. I am the vine. You are the branches. Let's not get the order reversed, all right? Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. And the importance of our abiding in Christ, I think, is seen very clearly in verse 6. And you may have heard someone say that this is about unbelievers. Again, I told you at the beginning, I don't think so, because Jesus was speaking to the 11 disciples here and has made it very clear that they are in him. But I do think this is a warning to those who are in Christ about what can happen when we don't stay connected to Christ, when we don't abide in Him. If we don't abide in Christ, we become worthless for kingdom purposes. We become worthless to God if we don't abide in Christ, if we don't stay connected to the vine. Verse 6, look at it. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. Worthless for the kingdom of God. Warren Wearsby writes this of verse 6, and I think it's helpful. He says, A true branch united with the vine will always bear fruit. Not every branch bears a bumper crop, just as not every field has a bumper harvest. But there is always fruit where there is life. If there is no fruit, the branch is worthless and it is cast away and burned. I do not believe our Lord is teaching here that true believers can lose their salvation, for this would contradict what he taught in John 6 and John 10. It is unwise to build a theological doctrine on a parable or allegory. Jesus was teaching one main truth, the fruitful life of the believer and we must not press the details too much. Just as an unfruitful branch is useless, so an unfruitful believer is useless. And both must be dealt with. It is a tragic thing for a once fruitful believer to backslide and lose his privilege of fellowship and service. If anything, John 15.6 describes divine discipline rather than eternal destiny. And I plead with you, stay connected to the vine. You don't want to be on the other end of divine discipline. Here's a time for fear of God, right? We talk about fear of God, and you'll hear me very often say, fear of God is a reverent obedience. It's not quaking in the corner, I'm afraid of what's going to happen. But there are times in God's Word when we ought to say, this is earth-shaking, and being at the end of being at the end of God's hand of divine discipline is a very serious place to be. We must remember 
that there's something God does and there's something we do. It's not all God. He expects our faithful obedience. And He deserves our faithful obedience. Does He not? I mean, think of what He's accomplished for us through His Son, Jesus Christ. Jesus has accomplished for us what we could never do for ourselves. God is always the life giver. He is always the producer of fruit in His people. And He will also prune so that we'll become more productive. And that pruning, yes, may indeed be painful at times as He works in and through our lives. But often, the pruning is done by the Word. We shortchange ourselves by not being people of the Word because God intends to prune us by the, by the washing of the Word. And maybe God will show us how we must depend upon Him in the midst of difficulty. And He'll use a dark trial in our lives, a days, days of difficulty that make us drop to our knees in dependence upon God in prayer and go back to the Word for the promises that we, that we know are there. God produces fruit. God is always the life giver. And we are to abide. We're to stay connected to the source of life. We're to pursue our fellowship with Christ. And I believe when you are joyful in Christ, because you are in faithful daily dependence upon Christ, in fellowship with Christ, God makes you productive. You produce fruit, fruit that can't be stopped, fruit that is that is various and 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 of varying types and varying quantities, but all of it God-glorifying. And when we come back to John 15 next week, Lord willing, we're going to see what abiding in Christ looks like. But know this, that God is at work. God is at work. Growing the faithful, pruning the faithful, producing fruit in the faithful, fruit that's for our good and fruit that brings Him glory. Be all about abiding in Christ. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we praise you. We thank you. We thank you for your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you for the overwhelming mercy and grace that we have in Christ. So undeserving are we. And yet, God, your, your word is so good to correct our thinking and to train our, our lives and just as we hear Jesus' words this morning, God, I pray, help us to abide in Christ. Help us to have sweet daily fellowship and communion with Christ as we take steps of obedience and, and opportunities to be saturated with the truth of the Word and opportunities to yield before you in prayer and praise. God, help us as we serve, not to, not to be distracted by the serving so much, but by, by abiding with Christ and allowing you to make us the people you want us to be, producing fruit in us that brings you great glory and is for our greatest good. Help us to honor and glorify you as a church. Help us seek to please you by the fellowship that we enjoy with Jesus Christ. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.